Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pistolka, and with me today, I have Michael Hallman, and we from Hallmark Abstract Services in New York City. We are going to be talking about reinventing your business. Michael, thanks for being here today. You know what, Damon? Thank you for having me. This is a great opportunity, and I really appreciate it. We're going to have a great time. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. There's a lot of stuff for us to talk about, a lot of things we were getting going back before we started here, and I'm really excited to talk today. So, Michael, let's talk a little bit about your history, your background, and kind of how you got in the situation where you needed to do a significant reinvention of your business. Okay. Well, I'll I'll give you the... uh the back of the napkin uh, summary of my of my life. So when I got out of business school in the 80s, I was a bond analyst and a bond trader on Wall Street uh, mm-hmm. for a few of the big firms that aren't in existence anymore. Yeah. Uh, then I became a proprietary equity trader for many years at uh, a firm that ended up being the largest proprietary equity trading firm in the country. And at some point, it was about 2002, I decided to open up a commercial mortgage lending company. Mm-hmm. And it was going great. You know, we, uh, we would make the loans, we would table fund them uh, in the bank's name, uh, actually in my name, you know, it was being funded by a bank. And mm-hmm. uh, we would sell to the CMBS market. And uh, in 2008, that was a tough time. Uh, when yeah. we well, it was, um, you know, the CMBS market went away uh, and my business was no longer viable. At the same time, as if that wasn't enough, my wife was in a family business of hard money residential construction lending. And oh my. you can't get in a more illiquid part of the market than that. And uh, 2008 was not very kind to them either. And uh, they went out of business. So my wife and I were both of us out of business. We had two girls in college. We had one uh, son who was on his way and we needed to reinvent very quickly. And here, and here we are today. You know, I, this, this, the situation that you are in, I'm sure it had to cause some sleepless nights and, and things definitely. Definitely. You know what, though? I, I left out one part. We also lost most of our money. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sleepless nights, definitely. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I don't laugh at you. I'm mm-hmm. laughing right alongside you because that, 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 that would be a tough situation, trying to envision that and, and just thinking what – 
where 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 do you start at a situation like that in a situation like that well i think the first place you start is you have to get your mind on straight you know the uh yeah there's a part of the brain i don't know if you're familiar with it it's called the amygdala and it's it's basically the flight or fight or flight part of your brain and yeah. you know you have two choices you know you can either curl up in the fetal position and let it let the river take you wherever it takes you or you have to get up and fight and and work to make the situation better and uh you know through my life i've never been the fetal position kind of guy and uh mm -hmm. you know we we got up and we fought yeah didn't i think see that you actually were a boxer in the past life actually that's true too um yeah. so in the 70s i don't know if you're familiar with the with the cat skills in new york mm -hmm. so i worked as a bellhop at grossinger's which was like the queen of all of those hotels i would i went to school up in albany uh, we would drive down on weekends. We would work the weekends. But that was the day when all the professional boxers trained in the Catskills. And there were boxing clubs around the hotel. So I, I did partake in boxing. But uh, the only time, the only, the only sanctioned fight I ever had was about 10 years ago in what's known as the Long Island Fight for Charity, where yeah. businessmen train, uh, raise money, and then get in the ring and, and fight. So I was. Yes, I was. But no, no. So you, you really, you have to fight. Yeah, you have to fight because that it, it's right. It's, and so many people after the situation, like I am now, look at it and go, wow, wow, wow. And when you're in those situations, it's, it's a lot different. So do you think that, did you just kind of go, okay, this is where we're at. I can feel sorry for a little while. And then did you just go, boom, now it's time to turn it on. You know what? I got to be honest with you. I, I don't recall ever really feeling sorry. You know, at that there time, it wasn't really, you know, it, it wasn't anyone's fault and it wasn't mm -hmm. unique to me. It yeah. was really a time of pain for, for a lot of people. So yeah. You know, you have to kind of try and sit down and, and think about what it is you you know, what your options are, what the opportunities are. You know, we actually looked into some crazy things like uh, working. The, there's a thing, uh, there's a, a website called GovBizOps, where the federal government, asks for, you know, the RFPs for everything they buy. You know, we looked, yep. Into yep. we looked into a few different things, but at the end of the day, you know, for my wife, title insurance was a key part of her business. And in my business of commercial mortgage lending, title insurance was also uh, a key. So we knew we knew the product. We had actually looked into title insurance as a, a little bit of an ancillary stream of income while we were still had our companies. And, uh, you know, fortunately, there was a woman who was unhappy at the, with the title company she was at. And uh, you know what? We we brought her on. She's still with us today. And uh, you know, we we started. It was a tough time to start a title company. I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. But you know what? We've grown. We've grown well. You know, the actually the issues back then, there weren't a lot of barriers to entry. 
but the good title insurance underwriters wouldn't take on a fledgling company, particularly at that time. So we had to go with some of the lesser underwriters, which created its own catch 22 because mm -hmm. the want a good underwriter, but you can't get the good underwriter until you've built up to a certain point. So it was a, you know, it was a little bit of a struggle at the beginning, but you know what, uh, what doesn't kill you make kills you. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And, you know, we just persevered. And and I'll tell you something else is that when when the going gets tough in a lot of marriages, that kills marriages. Yeah. You know, when everything's great, everything's great and it doesn't take much work. But when things go to crap, you know, you kind of find out who you're in the foxhole with. So, you know, yeah, we, we sure. persevered and it's and here we are 36 years. Awesome. And you work together in business now? We do. We we own the company together. We sit in office <laughs> together. Awesome. We spend a lot of time together. But, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. It? Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. Most people say they couldn't necessarily do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's just depends. Just depends. You exactly. Know? Well, you? I, I, I'm a little more easygoing. So, mm -hmm. you know, personality, if you have two people who are not easygoing, it can be much more difficult. So, yeah, it, yeah. it's all good. So as you as you thought about this and, and you've you've started reinventing your business, you're in title insurance, which you, you knew a little bit about going into it. Um, what are some of the things now that you you've been in the title insurance business for a while and you're you're thinking about reinventing? What are some of the things that you brought to the title insurance business that maybe wasn't there before that people hadn't thought about that much that really helps you guys to set yourself apart from other companies? Well, some of the things are, so the title insurance industry is a, uh, I'm not going to call it a dinosaur kind of industry, but a lot of the companies are run by older people. Yeah. And technology is not necessarily something that they think about, care about. And, you know, I always thought that I, I was never really on social media as a personally, but it's a, you know, you have to create a brand you have to broaden your footprint. You know, you have to get exposure. And uh, social media is great. Uh, blogging is great. Uh, getting onto podcasts and creating podcasts is great. You know, trying to get as much uh, media, you know, media time as you possibly can. You know, the it, title insurance is a funny industry. It's not the, you know, they, they always talked about uh, how the blockchain was going to destroy the industry and, uh, you know, it was going to be the be all and end all of a lot of industries. But, you know, it, it's a the industry is kind of what the industry is. You know, there are, are some changes, you know, there's uh, electronic recording. But beyond that, it's it is pretty much what it is. And you have to try and create different avenues to try and set yourself apart. So that's kind of how I viewed it at the time. You know, mm -hmm. we, have, we have some technology that we didn't create, but that is, you know, we're probably one of the not very many companies who utilize it. That is mm -hmm. a value add to our clients. And, uh, you know, just being out there, 
you gotta yeah. you gotta just continue to, to be out there. Yeah, you, you talk about a couple things. Uh, one, the companies being run by older people. Uh, we run into that a lot in the the business brokerage, business sales, M and A world too. It it seems like it's a it, it doesn't seem like it's 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 run by a lot of people that look like you or I with, with uh, a bit of gray. And uh, the, as you said, technology and, um, and then just being out there in the media is really non-existent for a lot of them. Right. And, and uh, it's interesting. So as you've embraced the technology, as you've embraced things, getting on podcasts, you guys have the Do You Wonder podcast. I want to talk about that in a little bit. But what what has that really showed you about business that you didn't know when you were in your previous business? Uh, you know what? In the previous business, I don't think that I uh, was out there quite enough. You know, I don't think that I uh, embrace the networking, the going out and shaking hands, the being the being there. You know, you uh, someone who I uh, early on in this company, uh, you know, I went to a couple of networking meetings and one guy in particular would always say, you can't your company can't be a secret. You know, you have to you have to be out there. You have to let people know that you exist what you can do, you know, what, what your track record is. And uh, I, I took that to heart. It is very yeah. key. It is. It is. It's interesting how your, what you learned there is something I did as well, too. And in, in the corporate roles, I had no reason really to network running companies. It was like, it was a waste. Honestly, I looked at it as a waste of time. And I look back at that, and that was one thing that it, the the people that were much more intelligent about their uh, building their their careers than I was. It's it's a big part of it. And if you're not doing that consistently, even when you're working with you know for a company, uh, it's it's important to build that network up. And because you can't be a secret, whether it's you personally or you as a company. A hundred percent. You know, early in my career. I didn't play the politics of corporate, the corporate world uh, as I would today. You know, I guess they say youth is wasted on the young. And uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to say that's pretty much true, because I always say that if I had it to go back and do it over again, you know, it, it would have been a hell of a lot different. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. And and the other thing about it can't be a secret. I think that I, I talk to a lot of people about that. And I was just actually talking to a company this morning and we know that we need to talk to more people. We need to, we need to, to, to cast a wider net in business and, and explain, you know, build the relationship with, with people that might someday or could know somebody someday that might want to do business with us. But it seems like that, that step to go from, I know this is what I need to do. And actually doing it is like is like the Grand Canyon for some people. No question. I mean, I think I think in life there's a lot of inertia. You know, yeah. it's hard to change. It's hard to make change. It's and it's hard to, you know, things are kind of status quo, going along fine, not not horrible, not terrific, but 
it, it can be hard to to light a fire under your butt to uh, to get out there. Exactly that that need to change. Like when you're in the, when you were in the situation where well we got to do something. Right. I mean that's where that's where a lot of people it seems like they have to go before they they really start to do these kind of things. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. It, but if we can get ourselves to kind of stay, not, you know, necessarily be in that situation in the real world, but keep our mind mentally, mentally in there, it sure seems like it would help us. Uh, uh, absolutely. But, you know, they always say change is tough. Uh, uh, a good friend of mine, he was, he had a good job at a brokerage firm. Uh, and then they did their typical reorgs and mm -hmm. he was out and he ended up creating a new career that is incredibly more successful and he's incredibly more happy, happier. And, but it never would have happened if, if an outside influence had enforced him to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately that's, that's what happens most or a lot yeah. of the time. Well, do you feel that way about yourself now? Do you feel, are you think you're happier now with this business working with your wife than, than you, the two of you were before? Uh, I think so. You know, I, yeah. I, I think we are. I, yeah. you know, certainly, certainly some of the scars of, of those situations, you know, what is it, 14 years ago, some of those scars still remain. Yeah. But, you know, we, we've had a good run. And I, and I think I would say probably, yes, we are happier. Good. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. That's, that's great when you can, you can emerge from, have a tough situation like that and, and get it and and feel at least like I think we're going to be we're better <laughs> you know yeah absolutely that's good so you got a title insurance company what was the reason behind doing your podcast do you wonder podcast well do you ever wonder is something that um, I was in the shower one day. And I, the name came to me, but the reason behind it really is part and parcel of growing my footprint, growing our mm -hmm. exposure. You know, it's not, it's not for my exposure. It's for the, it's the exposure of the company. So, you know, what I try to do is to, to have guests and it's, it takes a little time to, to bring on people who, you know, maybe have a little more stature, but you know, they're not going to come on unless you have someone who has a little bit of stature, you know, mm -hmm. you want to belong to a club that uh, wouldn't have them as a member kind of deal. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Groucho Marx. But, yep. you know, I, I thought it was a, a good concept. And I, I thought that it would if I did a lot of different topics, you know, not necessarily just real estate, but you know, health and wellness or uh, technology or like uh, Marcus Ogden, he spoke of, you know, how do you create a top 1% podcast mm -hmm. in not very much time, I might yeah. add. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those, if A, I kind of like doing it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I never thought I would. Like if you would ask me 20 years ago, hey, do you see yourself sitting on a camera talking to people, interviewing people, asking questions to people, I'll be quite honest. And I could never have imagined that. Yeah. But 
I kind of enjoy it. So that's great. But, you know, it's also the um, always, always thinking and trying to, to find guests who I think have something to bring to the table. So, you know, this last week I had a real coup, which was um, there's a New York City commercial real estate broker who is like very well known, Mm -hmm. uh, Bob Knackle. And uh, through persistence, he came on as a guest and it was it was great. But I also see having him on as a guest as maybe a stepping stone to other people in real estate mm-hmm. who are at a, you know, a certain level that people want to hear. But, yeah. you know, again, that's all part of trying to grow the Hallmark Abstract Service brand. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting that you said I have the same Don't thing. about. I love I, I love that, too. I was I was a president of a networking group. And when yeah. I was no longer president, they got me this as a parting gift. And one day I'm sitting in front of the, the microphone, this microphone, and I'm like, wow, that looks pretty good. So that that's awesome. My, uh, my my logo. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And uh, the fact that you're covering different topics, I think, is good, too, because you keep it interesting doing that and, right. and different people on it. So uh, what are some of your aspirational people you'd like to have on if you want to share them? You know what? Some of the leaders of real estate, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to be on Dottie Herman's radio show on Saturday, but I would love to have her on. And Very she's good. Yeah, you, you're familiar with Dottie Herman? No, I am not. So she's the CEO of Douglas Elliman. Oh, okay. She's, she's uh <laughs> She grew up in the industry, but she's she's uh, she's at the the heights. She's at the yeah. peak, you know. And there, are, uh, off the top of my head, I can't give you specific names yeah. other than her. But um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who I think have have achieved and accomplished a lot, and I think people would like to hear about how they got there, how they stay there. You know what mm-hmm. their future looks like. I, I find all that stuff pretty interesting. Yes, yes, definitely. So, what what's the uh, the most interesting thing that you've learned from interviewing these people? I think that there's a constant thread with, through a lot of them, and that is, you know, they're, they're workaholics. They love, I guess, what that they love what they do. You know, uh-huh. and, you know, that old saying, if you don't love what if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of these people are just focused, you know, really, really. Um, uh, what's the word? Yeah, they're really focused on the. They have their eye on the prize. Yeah, I guess I would say, you know, yeah. a, a lot of people meander through life, but a lot of these high achievers they don't meander. They have a, uh, they have a target and they're aimed at that target and, you know, they fight until they achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Cause I, I agree a hundred percent when you, when you start talking with, with people that have achieved things in life, you can tell that they've had probably just as many setbacks as, as anyone else. They probably had to work harder than anyone else in a lot of respects 
but that persistence and focus and loving what they do because i don't think you can do it without really love love in and that's it's that strong a word i think you need to use and the focus to do it otherwise they wouldn't go through that to get there exactly you have to uh, you know whatever it is you do in life i guess you have to have somewhat of a passion for it and a drive yeah uh, i think yeah. that's right yeah really good so you are also a part of heroes to heroes I am the the fact. Explain a little bit about that because I I, I want don't want to get get off today without talking about that. Well, I appreciate that. So, the Heroes to Heroes Foundation is a non denominational combat veteran five hundred one c three, and we work and actually we successfully save combat vets who return home suffering moral injury, and who live it at. Uh, high high risk of death by suicide and mm -hmm. i don't know how familiar you are with moral injury but you know basically it's that you've done something seen something so yeah. abhorrent so against everything that we hold yeah as as the basic tenets of society that you can't live with yourself so we work through we have a 15-month program uh it's based in peer support spiritual awakening and reconnection to faith and uh the center part of the program we send teams to israel where you know, there's no more spiritual place in the world and you know whether it's at uh at the western wall or getting baptized mm -hmm. at the Jordan river or at yad vashem something something triggers the understanding that what they did was not a crime it was their job you know and if i if i can tell you a quick story so one mm -hmm. one vet who um, he'd been non-communicative with his team because some guys go on or women go on this trip and you know kind of have to be forced a little bit but when he came out of yad vashem he hadn't been speaking to anyone and he said he called everyone together and said i have a story to tell and he told the story of how he was with his platoon and a father came up with his 10-year-old son, gave the son his gun and said, kill the infidels. And this guy had to kill the 10-year-old, and he also killed the father for giving the... Anyway, but he had a 10-year-old son at home. And, you know, how do you... You know, how do you... you how, how can you reconcile that? And why Yad Vashem helped him to understand... The final exhibit at Yad Vashem is a candle for every child killed, murdered during the Holocaust. And what he realized at that moment was that he wasn't a murderer. He wasn't a sociopath. He was a soldier doing his job. And there's a big difference. And, you know, that's what these guys and, and not to mention the fact that by being there with peers, people who've been through the same, people who suffer the same, you can't discuss this with me. You can't discuss yeah. it with your neighbor, but you can discuss yeah. it with your peers. And, you know, well, we've been around for about 12 years, 14, 13 years, and haven't lost a uh, wow. graduate of the program. Yeah. Yeah, because isn't the suicide rate like 17 Vets a day now or something like that. 
you know what? The number, it's kind of a, a moving target. The number, yeah. but I use 20 plus a day. Yeah. And yeah. COVID was particularly destructive with the yeah. isolation, with the yeah. depression. Very, very yeah. difficult. But uh, the woman who runs the program, I met her at a business club one day. I was uh, mm-hmm. doing work in Manhattan. Uh, there was a woman sitting across from me doing work on a computer. I said, hey, what are you doing? And she told me about Heroes to Heroes. And I said, you know what? I got to get involved with that. And it's, uh, you know, how often in life do chance encounters yeah. make such a big difference? Well, it probably wasn't such a chance encounter. You think it was, uh, you, you think it was divine intervention? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think I don't think a lot of things happen by chance. That, that may very well be true, but uh, that's I'm awesome. Very, I'm very fortunate that uh, that chance encounter did happen. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's it's uh, she she's doing God's work. No doubt. No yeah. Doubt. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, what what are you excited for in the upcoming year, Michael? What's what's on your radar? Well, in business, I'm hoping that interest rates drop. Yeah. But um, I don't know that that's going to happen. So uh, I'm looking forward to persevering in business, of course. You know, it's definitely Mm -hmm. been a little bit slower. And I'm uh, working overtime trying to think of ways to uh, bring people together who can hopefully do business together. And, you know, we... Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of BNI, but uh, mm-hmm. yes. giver's gain. So, you know, one of the things I focus on a lot is putting people together. And you hope yeah. that at some point that comes back. Yeah. But um, besides business, I'm hoping to become a better putter. Because if I could, if I could putt and take eight strokes off my game, because I three putt pretty much every green. So, yeah. and I'm a 22 handicap. So if I could... If I could two putt half of them, I'd be a pretty good golfer. So that's another thing. And my uh, my middle daughter is getting married this year, so oh, yeah. I'm very excited about that. Good stuff. And what else? You know what? Just uh, just enjoying life. Yes. Yes. Good. Good. Yeah. You said talk about go giver or the givers win, and I I was I was able to interview Bob Berg. Uh, the person that wrote the book, The Go-Giver, uh, one of the co-authors of it a few weeks ago. And uh, I don't know if you've, if you've never read that book, it's definitely worth taking the time to read it. I do um, the book. And, uh, but yeah, that's great. Well, Michael, it's been awesome having you on today. I, I just, your story about how you had to reinvent your business and then how you've taken that into a different direction, taking your title insurance, Hallmark, Hallmark Abstract Services, uh, the title insurance company in a different direction, not not just not with really what you do, how you do it with some different technology and then how you 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 introduce yourself to the community and how you cast a wider net through social media and doing your do you ever wonder podcast and, and other things. I think it's a it's a very powerful story of what you can do if you put your mind. Uh, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you having me on as a guest. It's been it's been great. Good deal. Good deal. Well, thanks for being here today, Michael. If people want to talk to you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? 
Uh, well, they can call me always at 516-741-4723. Uh, they can find me at hallmarkabstractllc.com on the internet. Uh, using my name, they will find me on LinkedIn. I'd love to speak to them there. Or on, uh, actually, on LinkedIn would probably be the best place. Very um, good. Yeah. All good. All good stuff. All right. Well, thanks for being here today, Michael. I want to thank uh, James Conkle. He, James was on the show last year. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Thanks, everyone else that was listening today. And we will be back again next week. Michael, hang out just for a moment. We'll talk sure. for a minute when we're done. Absolutely. Thank you, Damon. You bet.